continuing our coverage here on CNBC TV 18 and uh, we've been bringing you uh, finance ministers and joining us now is the finance minister of Tamil Nadu, Mr. Pita Garajan. Thanks very much sir, for joining us here uh, to take us to what you make of the budget. Um, at least as far as industry is concerned, the view is that this is a budget that continues uh, the reform process. It is a budget that delivers on uh, a pretty high uh, infrastructure spending, continuing to do the heavy lifting on uh, public spending. Uh, and it is a budget that has no nasty surprises, so uh, no harm budget. Uh, uh, your, your thoughts on what this budget could mean for the economy? Well, I think I'd agree with the no harm budget part. And I think that there have certainly been some good aspects of this budget. I think uh, first that it was uh, read in English. And so all of us could understand and the global markets could hear it directly from the finance minister's uh, mouth. Uh, I think it also uh, was a bit uh, visionary and focused on new technologies, on battery uh, swaps, on green bonds for uh, you know, um, more eco-friendly things and jobs related to that, on uh, the MSME relief extension, which we had requested back in, uh, on December 30th when the state finance minister met with the union finance minister. So I would say it's a relatively harmless budget, relatively. I mean, there are a couple of things that give me cause for concern. This notion of broadcasting school education uh, as if that's the panacea, when the real problem has been that we've had too much remote education and not enough physical education. And this notion of one nation, one registration, all that, which to me just seems uh, just, you know, kind of a way out there for various reasons. But uh, in some ways, it's a disappointing budget. My uh, chief minister, the honorable chief minister, has issued a statement today saying that considering we're coming out of two years of uh, economic uh, kind of stress and three uh, waves of the pandemic, uh, it has not been as considerate and as, uh, you know, as a pro uh, bottom of the pyramid or even bottom two thirds of the country as it should have been. So I think from that perspective, uh, it's been a disappointing budget. Mm -hmm. Let me address the issue of states and what the budget has actually attempted to do as far as states are concerned. Uh, there is that one lakh crore rupee additional assistance uh, that the budget has provided for. Of course, it does come with some caveats attached. Uh, there is also that additional borrowing that has been provided for, uh, uh, which states can uh, make use of if they so choose. Uh, what do you make of what the budget has done to try and ensure that states also have the ability to spend more and drive growth? Yeah, uh, let me break that into two parts, right? I think the part relating to the uh, uh, deficit limits is a different question and the part to that one lakh crore is a different question. The part relating to the deficit, mm. you know, in the constitution and in many court judgments, they say that we are two equal forms of government. It's not like uh, there's big daddy and little boys, you know, between the union and the states. If that is the case, it reeks of hypocrisy to me that the union government, which shows a 6.9% fiscal deficit this year, projected 6.4% next year, and shows a glide path that doesn't get them back to 4% till 25-26, should impose all kinds of conditions on us and tell us, no, no, you can only do three and a half and you can only do another half if you need reforms, etc. Why one rule for you and one rule for us? Are you that much more sophisticated or you get to be big brother? I think these are fundamental questions that, uh, you know, I, I raised this again on December 30th. I said, first of all, it's not right that you should use this Section 263.3 subclause in the Constitution as a way of subverting 
this intent of equal arms of government because you hold us in this. It's a complicated technical thing. But they don't use the law. They use this kind of first lien uh, loophole to restrict our borrowing. Otherwise, we can amend our FRA Act and we can borrow. I also said the borrowing limit should be kind of pro-cyclical. That is, when you have a poor economy and the GSDP is low, therefore the denominator is low, but the government spending need is high. You should allow higher limits effectively, automatically, because you know that you can make it back. When the economy is doing well, you could say, well, maybe it's not 3%, it should come out 2.5%. And when the economy is bad, you can say go to 5% because you get this pro-cyclical effect. So for those reasons, I think it, should, it could be better. Now, on the 1 lakh crore, I think it's just an accounting trick because what they've done is taken 1 lakh crore of revenue spending that they used to do in schemes like smart city, like uh, you know other kinds of 50-50 uh, 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 union state or 70-30, 60-40, whatever schemes, which showed as revenue expenditures on the union government's accounts. And uh, we even, you know, sometimes we spent it as revenue, sometimes we spent as capital. Now they shifted it to 50-year uh, interest-free loans. Now, as a finance person, I say there's not that much difference. It's not quite equal one is to one, but there's not that much difference between a 50-year interest-free loan and a grant because effectively the cost of money inflation effect the time value of money and all would make that effectively, you know, pretty much a grant. But it's just an accounting trick. So it makes the union government look more responsible because it doesn't grow the revenue expenses that much. Therefore, the revenue deficit portion of the fiscal deficit comes down. Uh, and they look like they're boosting CapEx in a big way when all they're really doing is accounting for uh, grants and subsidies and schemes into the capital account. Okay. Uh, one of the issues that uh, has been left unaddressed, uh, and perhaps that is going to have to be something that the GST Council, which you are a part of, will have to take up uh, when it meets next, is the issue of the continuation of the compensation cess. Uh, and there was no clarity uh, provided in the budget on what happens come July uh, 2022. Uh, how much of a concern is that for you as the Finance Minister of a large state? Yeah, you know, I've already written or, or given an interview about this where I made uh, uh, two points. I would say because Tamil Nadu is a large, relatively rich state and because the decay in the previous seven years of administration was so bad and because we have confidence that with the guidance and leadership of our chief minister and some of the steps that I have put into place as a finance minister and my finance department has been very helpful with, uh, I'm fairly confident that even were the compensation to stop, though it would be a difficult loss of about 15, 18,000 crores for us, we are still a 22, 25 lakh uh, crore economy and uh, I don't know, about uh, three and a half, four lakh crore budget. We'll manage. I mean, it's not, it's not great, but it's not the end of the world. But there are many states in this country, uh, including both opposition-run uh, governments, but most importantly, uh, BJP-run governments in places like UP, Bihar, etc., Madhya Pradesh, where they will find it very hard to balance their books. And so, in my opinion, I gave a prediction two, three months back. Let's see if it comes true. I said, I don't think the union government would want on its conscience the implications for states uh, if they were to suddenly stop the compensation. So, I, you know, what we said, I said, a reasonable uh, uh, compromise is that we lost two years due to the pandemic. And so the compensation should at least continue for two years, though many states have pressed for five years. Mm. We're okay. I mean, as I say, we'll live without it. It'll be tough, but we'll live without it. But I think it's only fair. I mean, we're part of the same country, right? There shouldn't be this kind yeah. of uh, paternalistic approach to these things.
You know, let me address the issue of employment as well as uh, uh, the allocations for marquee schemes like the NREGS. Uh, now, the government at this point in time has uh, given an allocation of about 79,000 crores, saying that they expect that because of the higher capex, uh, uh, there will be uh, an uh, offtake of infrastructure spending uh, and that will spur employment. Uh, and if need arises, if there is demand, well then more will be provided as far as the NREGS is concerned. Now this was a specific concern that uh, your Chief Minister had raised as well. Uh, but on balance, uh, in terms of being able to provide relief uh, in the current context as well as uh, do more for jobs, uh, how would you rate the budget? Uh, not very well, actually. Uh, let me go to the specific and then I'll come to the general. As far as the employment guarantee scheme is concerned, I would have been okay with a gentle tapering with the expectation that as the economy recovered, this kind of surge in demand that we saw when lockdown happened, when a lot of uh, migrant workers returned to their villages and didn't have anything to do. Uh, you know, so there's need for kind of uh, substances, subsistence uh, employment for a lot of people should uh, reduce, but in a tapered way, not in a dramatic way. Uh, of course, the uh, explanation they give validates my point that all they've done is uh, move a bunch of revenue spending into capital and call it as if it's a big one lakh crore. And this is uh, a par for the course. This is what they did in 2021, where they moved a bunch of debt from off balance sheet and the subsidiaries onto the balance sheet and looked, made it look like this as set up capex. Like this year, where the RE compared to the B shows a 60, 70, 80,000 crore gap or improvement, but the bulk of that is settling Air India uh, uh, liabilities before transfer to the Tatas. So, you know, this kind of accounting happens all the time, and what they've done is validated that. But if you go back to this uh, uh, broader issue, has there been a focus on employment? Of course, they, you know, threw out some numbers like 60 lakh jobs and all that. My concern is for a government that otherwise is so aggressive in launching comprehensive, well-packaged, high advertisement and high value schemes around the things it wants to take control of away from the states using some backdoor or some centrally sponsored scheme or some direct transfer or something. They have not shown that kind of enthusiasm on the employment front. So relative to the skill and the uh, kind of uh, um, marketing ability of this government, uh, they have clearly not pro prioritized uh, employment anywhere where relative to the other things they've done, let's say even in the last seven So let me end then by asking you, I mean, what did you like uh, from the budget? And you said that you do have some specific concerns. What would be your key concerns? Well, I like the fact, uh, uh, as I said, it was in English. I like the fact it was progressive. It talked about, uh, you know, uh, battery swaps for electronic, uh, for electric vehicles. I like the fact that, uh, you know, they, they looked at uh, banking and, and uh, they looked at green and so forth. Uh, my specific concerns are that there is not the kind of uh, attention to execution and detail as there is to the naming and, and say, framing of scheme. You know, every scheme is a PM this and a PM that. Why can't it just be a national scheme? Why can't it just be scheme? Why does everything have to start with the word PM this, PM that, PM that? Does the government not function unless the PM is there? So this kind of focus on publicity value. And this, let me give you the example. This publicity value stuff, it just boggles my mind on the education front. So they've got this notion where they say they're going to do uh, one class, one TV, 
e university something as a way of making up for the fact that education has been greatly school education mm. has been greatly affected by the crisis it's true in our revised budget back in 2021 uh, august at the advice of our global economic advisors raghuram rajan arvind uh, esther uh, narayan and uh, john grace we said we are going to have a remedial program and we spent time framing it we tested out a bunch of things we ran pilot projects in uh, pilot schemes in 12 districts and we discovered that the way we do this is we get educated youngsters from their communities we asked them to use the community hall or the empty class or some village uh, uh, you know property like a uh, uh, office and we do integration of bringing these people back into the social construct of education uh, for uh, cultural events for help with homework for just hanging out for playing to bring back people into the joy of having you know you know how you and i experience school and college and so forth that is the component that was lost during crisis right there's only so much you can uh, teach through a tv screen or a phone screen or whatever yeah. so the solution to the educational loss of two years of remote learning is physical learning mm. it is not more electronic learning yeah. i don't understand how you fix how you remediate the lack of physical education and interaction and social skill development and the camaraderie by doing more tv and more kind of e university so some of this sometimes i wonder that if it's catchy and hypey you know of course there's a sinister possibility that they want to send kind of a saffron education through the tv to places where in the, according to the constitution uh, school education is a state subject so there could be a sinister motive but you know as we know remote education never works anyway that's what we learned in two years it's, it's deeply but, flawed so my worry the, is that you know at best they waste the money at worst Right, uh, Mr. Tagarajan. Uh, we will leave it for today, but of course, uh, uh, there's there's plenty more to talk about, especially on the GST front. Uh, I will uh, check in with you as we get closer to the next council meeting. But for today, thanks very much for joining us and taking us through what you make of uh, the budget and its impact on the economy. Appreciate your time.